Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. Mike Cation, joined by Noah Ruben. Noah, it's it's great to get to actually see you over the phone as I don't have to actually be in your presence. Uh, that makes things so much happier for me. How are you? I'm sorry, what just happened? On, on Sunday night, this is how we're starting it right now. <laughs> this is... Wait, okay, no, no, I'm in it now. I'm yeah. in it. Okay, good. I was, I was supposed to be in a good mood. <laughs> Website just came out. By the way, you're on it. I am. We have a new podcast illustration we're working on that's yes. almost done. It's been in the works for a while, but it's actually looking very good. But um, yeah, so thanks for absolutely ruining everything as always. Thank no, so that's, that's what I do very well. Um, <laughs> how, how are you? Could be better. Okay. Uh, yes, on the behind the rocket side, there's a lot of exciting things. Merchandise is half sold out in a few days. Um, but on the tennis side, after you know a long couple of weeks, you know not amazing results, but solid results that led to some pain in the elbow, which I'm sure some people thought I was faking because I know those people. I got hate mail from those people. Right. But, uh, yeah, so right now it's kind of a stress reaction. We're going to figure it out tomorrow during an x-ray if it's more serious as a fracture, um, which, you know, will kind of put the season at an end, we think. So I really hope not. Um, you know, I'm hopeful, but at the same time, anything can happen. So I, I'm actually – I'm missing tennis. I mean, this mm. I haven't played in a few days. I'm, I'm really missing tennis. I miss hitting a ball. I have a few rackets I'm trying out. I'm just like, I just want to get on the court. I mean, not with you, but I want to get on the court. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you are listen I played for the first time against actual human beings uh I think for the first time in five months yesterday they were all uh double my age um which is a lot um <laughs> which is a high number they, they also fought in the civil war um but yeah so it was so many things it was it was really good I I switched to a western forehand uh so I yeah I know really yes so instead of fencing the ball, they're going to go straight to the ground. It's Well, it's more so that like they're getting to the bottom of the net because of just that immense amount of spin that I'm putting, and I have no power. So it's just like it's got this cool little like jack sock, like, whoosh, but it right. stops. But it hits stops your side early. of the court. Right, yeah. Okay, let's cut the bullshit. How long until you can warm me up? That's what the people want to know. How well, long is it going to take? See, the funny part is, like, I, I've I've had that as a goal for the last year. Not you specifically, but just getting right. to that you point. You wanted to just warm players up. I know that. Uh, I think if I can stay in shape, if I can, like, work my way into, like, good shape, I think, like, by next summer, I think I'm good to go. So you're saying, like, Lexington... Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a Monday morning. <laughs> you have 12 hours of commentary right. ahead of you, and yes. you're going to warm me up for a 10 a.m. match. Yes. Why would you be playing um, Monday at 10 a.m.? I'm 3.50 in the world. Okay. Yeah. All right. How many points do you have to defend, actually, over the next few weeks? I have no idea. Is it zero, I think? Okay. So you're, you're somewhere, what, around 200 right now? I'll be yeah. I haven't looked because I lost 
Tiburon and I guess eight points in Fairfield is coming up eight points, and then after that is zero. Okay, I'm gonna have to pull this up because obviously you you do have that concern of just wanting to make sure you're in Australia. That's the, the yeah. Big one. I, I think I think that's out of the question right now. I think I'm safe. You're, I think with you're at two o two. Right now. Yes, in the live ranking. So when the new okay. rankings come out tonight or tomorrow morning, whatever it is, you are one spot behind the newly engaged Mitchell Kruger. Yes, that's something. And two good for him. Yeah, man. good for him and and Jeannie. Uh, two spots behind Tommy Robredo. You're wondering, and more importantly, I think for you, four spots ahead of Christopher Eubanks. That's really you uh, put me at 640 in the world, but you tell me Chris <laughs> Eubanks is 644, and I will go to sleep happy. Also, eight spots ahead of Jack Sock. So, I mean, you got that. Yeah, that does absolutely nothing for me, but yeah, so uh, no, I'm definitely excited to be here again. You know, regardless of my feelings towards you as a person, right? Um, being off the tennis court, I actually enjoy talking to you. Yeah, and I do miss you know that tennis feel, and you know it's it's nice to get this going again. It's uh, brings a little excitement back. I'm just you, gonna make sure that you know uh, that even if you don't play anymore, you can come to Charlottesville because I got a party house. Uh, Charlottesville is actually a place I would attend because. I go to the Apple Orchard every year. Yes. And I, I know this is like a side story. It is stunning. Yes. It is one of, I mean, the fall is my favorite season by far. I mean, you put a sweater on, you go to the top, you have apple cider donuts, and you pick apples, and it's amazing. You're looking over um, Monticello, and mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um, so, actually, <laughs> it may take you up on that. Yeah. Uh, but that one, I do, yeah, I got a huge Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, it's got like three bedrooms. It was super cheap. Uh, it was just just when it like freshly listed, so right. they just want to get people in. It was twenty percent discount. Party house. Right. It's so, so sad that three beds will be taken just by you switching off every night. I might. I mean, you got to take advantage of it. If you pay for it, you got to take advantage. <laughs> I mean, I do that when I like stay at a hotel. Mike moves beds. all three beds I together. Go to that bed, I go to that bed. <laughs> you put your dirty clothes on this bed. Yes, then exactly. You sit on that right. bed when you're clean. <laughs> that's the dining room bedroom. Um, that's the bedroom where I pee. Um, a life you want to live. It's yes. Just, yes. 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 Um, you know, the, the podcast, of course, is brought to you by our good friends at New Balance. Go visit the latest styles at newbalance.com. Of course, uh, Fairfield is going on this week. Uh, I am obviously not there either. Um, that's, that's my cat, by the way, who <laughs> likes to make appearances in random podcasts. Um, but I won't be there. I, I kind of needed this time off. Um, not because I have a stress anything, uh, just because I have stress in my brain. Um, but I, I, I'd hit a point where I was just exhausted. Um, and, and Tiburon, it was a great week of broadcasting, I think, and the tennis was fantastic. I think my brain was just kind of dead. So I'm really happy to be home spending time with my cat, with my daughter. I'm actually playing poker again, which is really good for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm like really excited. But, but one thing we wanted to talk about here today, and this is actually a question that, um, your lovely girlfriend's father brought to to my attention. He actually, uh, Jeff, wanted me to ask this question of you, and I think we'll broaden it out. What do I say, he said, what do I say to Noah or another player after a loss? That was the simplistic way of saying it. How do I interact with a tennis player? Yeah, <laughs> and he's... Um... You know, I'm super fortunate to have him in my life now. He is 
huge into tennis. <laughs> He's a fan of Mike C tennis. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but I think it's really important. And your cat want to say anything before I start? Yeah, or no? no, it's okay. She's just going to keep okay. me on because she, she hears me talking and she thinks that means it's time to eat. So I think it really, okay. Bethany Maddox ends. Yes. She said that we don't, give platforms to losers in a sport where you lose all the time. That's when I did the behind the racket with her. And that hit me actually really hard because I was like, we do lose every week and we don't get the chance to talk. And there are definitely times where we don't want to talk. And I understand that, but I think we have to change this whole thing around and start saying, okay, yeah, we lost a match and maybe you won more matches than I did this week. And it's going to switch to next week and I'm going to win or I can lose. Losing happens all the time. It's a norm. So we have to make it a norm. We have to, yes, you could be upset. You want to be upset and, and learn from it, but you're still a part of the tournament. You want to interact with the fans. You want to get your emotions out there. So I think, one, it's a, it's the player's responsibility to be more open and friendly because I know how I can look sometimes after a loss. Yes. But I also think, you know, it's just the system of tennis that we have to just produce a platform that maybe allows if they want to the player to speak to be open to the fans to interact at times and yeah i mean i think that can at least help the starting process all right so i i obviously have um i'm more on the fan side obviously Mm -hmm. and there are plenty of times definitely not a player no uh i crush a lot though Uh, (laughs) sorry mid-90s reference for you um so there are plenty of times when I will go in between matches. I have to go to use the, the, the facilities. Uh, I will literally run into a player who's just lost. I don't know myself what to say to you. Let's just use you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with me is unique. But what, what should I say to you if I'm just a random fan after you just lost? What you shouldn't say. Let's start with Okay, let's, what shouldn't you say? Yes. <laughs> Don't say like, oh, God, you know, that was such a tough match. You almost had it, man. You know, if you just did that at that point, that was so close. That was, I'm like, I really appreciate it. I see your passion. Don't. I don't want you to sugarcoat it. I want you to say, man, that fucking sucked. Like, you know, you did your best, but you lost. And that's that's, just sucks. It just really hurts. And obviously you have to, it depends on the player, of course. And, you know, I'm going to use him because we just spoke about it. But, like, Eubanks is a great person to talk to after a match. He really puts the losses to the side. Not everybody does that that well. But I know about me and speaking to some of the other guys, um, obviously, a couple minutes right after the match, give us some time. But if it's anything later than that, or, you know, an hour or so, if you come up to us and you say, you know, that was that was just a tough fucking match, like, you know, way to put some good effort into it. Like, something simple like that, honestly, even if it looks like it doesn't hit us, just that clear message that you know it was a great match you played great tennis and you know it was just it sucked that you lost i think that hits us in a way better than like oh you almost had it man like god you were you were so close you were Mm -hmm. so close and that oh that tears me up i'm like yeah i know Uh, thank you for bringing that back and and somehow even if they're not a true tennis fan they're like you know when it was 45 30 in that third game tiebreaker and but like i know what they're talking about yeah and i'm like i don't need this just say you know i fought hard it was great tennis you enjoyed being out there tell me you enjoyed being out there and watching just like you know good effort that's it that's all we really need but again i don't think 
I don't think there's a necessary platforms, you know, everybody, the winner gets to talk, the winner stays on court, all of that. And I think, you know, some of those things have to change, but you know, Jeff makes a good point. It is a tricky situation. I mean, even my friends, I don't know what to say to them at all times. Yeah. Um, you, I think a lot of, of, of tennis players ha- did not come through, um, a, I, I guess I would say a traditional social setting in terms of schooling, yes. in terms of, yeah, you know, going through a, a tra- traditional high school college experience that so many of us have come through who are f- on the fan side. Do you think that um, tennis players are on the whole adjusted, well adjusted enough um, to to understand how to interact in those moments? Are tennis players well adjusted enough? <laughs> this could get me in trouble. Um, it's almost a contradiction. Uh, tennis players are thrown into a mature world at a very young age. So I think at times that overcompensates for some of the lack of school experience of just interacting with people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But at the same time, yes, there are definitely times where social cues are thrown off maybe, certain perspectives, certain just, you know, that whole maybe chit-chat interaction is lost at times. Again, this is not with most. I mean, at this point, a lot of the older guys that have been on tour have acclimated. But yes, this adds difficulty. And I think this goes back to my point that you keep it short and sweet, simple. Tell them straight up how you felt, like, Mm. quickly. But, like, you know, don't go into the points. Don't go deep into it. Don't ask for my opinion on the match right now. That's not the time. You say, you know, I just... I really enjoyed being out there. Uh, I'm happy to support you. I'm excited to see you in the future. Um, you know, really great tennis. Like something like that, that hits me. That knows that you really enjoyed being out there. I may have made another fan and you know the personal space issue. You know what it is. I mean, win or lose, I want my space. So I think that has to be understood. But yes, I, I think at times, I mean, you've spoken to almost every tennis player on tour at this point. Yeah. There are moments where you're like, oh, he didn't get that. <laughs> or it was just, you know, it came off differently, you know, how I wanted him to interpret it. He just interprets it differently. And that that just is, you know, you're thrown into this individual independent sport from a young age and you're taught to hit forehand, not speak as much. And, you know, that's why the people that make the most impact on the sport are the ones that can speak or have that. But again, I think that's why things get twisted around especially after a match where you're like oh i know you mean well and not everybody knows that and i'm just taking it differently right now i just don't need that it's hard because i i uh i hear what you're saying and i i just i i know that so many of the younger players uh don't necessarily have that same um understanding quite yet and i think that's something that comes with age um, I, I, a great deal, but I also think there it would be nice if there's a some sort of way to to go through that at, at the ATP University, something along those lines, where there is that that teaching component of how to interact just a little bit better. It's called team sports. <laughs> yeah, no, I think and that's I exactly right. And and it's incredible, but world team tennis. I mean, and I'm sorry to the Orange County. I did not play great. I mean, this is like the fifth time I'm saying it. It was not pretty tennis. Um, I did what I could. But even after really tough losses, we were forced, because we're a team, we sat down not only with the fans, but, you know, with the team. We're interacting with everybody, and we, you know, we got to a point where we enjoyed it. But at first, we're forced to say, win or lose, 
You're a part of the sport. There's something bigger. You're going to talk to the kids that came and supported you for two hours. You're going to make speeches. You're going to be with your team. You're going to be out there, and you're going to fight for the next match. It is the culture of tennis from a young age that when you lose, get the fuck out of here. You know, nobody wants you here at the tournament anymore because you're not worth anything. That's, you know, obviously nobody says it like that, but that's the feeling that we get. But in a team sport, you know, nobody really takes the fall individually as much unless it's, you know, a crazy play. But nobody takes the fall. So you're just saying, you know, we lost. It was a tough battle. We put her out all out there. But now we're going to do what we have to do. We're going to talk to the fans, say thank you. We're going to be a part of the team. We're still talking to the team. And I think it's just that simple aspect that, you don't talk to anybody after a tennis match. Mm. So, you know, you have people you lose with. You're going to talk to them. And just that opening of speaking and sharing your emotion with them leads to just getting back into, you know, just normal civilization. I mean, you know, from a young age, you are you lose that tennis match. You want to get away from your coach. You go into a corner and you don't say a word for two hours. And like Diminar said, I didn't say a word for a day. So this is just the things that it's just the culture that surrounds it that – I think team atmospheres can help it tremendously. And I think little changes like, and I know it may sound crazy, but give the loser a chance to speak. I mean, there are more enough times, especially in slams where the loser walking off the court is still smiling because of how incredible of a match it was, whether it was five sets or three sets and it was just a long match. So give them a chance to say, hey guys, like, thank you so much for coming out. I put my heart on the court for you. Didn't, you know, have it in me today. He played too well. She played too well. But thank you for coming out and, and give them a chance, you know, to speak. And, and I think that would open up a whole new world. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. All right, so what was. In your, what, four years now that you've been a, a professional, what has been the worst interaction that you've ever had? <laughs> okay, a few come to mind that are random. Well, first, so I lost the Ryan Chain in NCAAs. I know we're talking about professional, but I had to go back to this. Yeah. I lost to Ryan Shane, and there was a tornado warning. Mm. Here I am points away from winning an NCAA title and now I just lost in the third and we are confined to a room that's the size of a bedroom of 150 people I'm sitting down people are consistently coming up to me and saying you almost had it man (laughs) you almost could have been something basically and I'm like I am literally I don't know if I'm going to throw you into the tornado or I'm going to just walk slowly to my abyss (laughs) but I have to get out of here I have to get out of here. And that, those are the ones that sting. Or, you know, the ones that hurt, whether it's a final loss. Yeah. Where, because at that point, people are are immediately coming up to you. Or the first round losses of somebody that thinks you're going to do really well that tournament. Mm. And they're like, I was really rooting for you this week. You know, I got my family out here. 
you know we were gonna we were gonna make it a weekend uh you know i sold my car we got a hotel for the weekend i was really excited to watch you play and they sold you know, no, their it, car. it was a tough one okay it was it was a tough one and i, and I know you put it all out there but i just want to let you know that my my family is uh super disappointed <laughs> and, and honestly i mean nothing close to that but you get to these guys that are like god i can't believe you lost first round you know i was just really really rooting for you and they get like really amped and i'm like Oh, I wanted to lose first round. This is what mm. I had in in the cards. So these are the things that, again, weekly things that we deal with. And I, I have to say, I do laugh when I see somebody else dealing with it. Where I should probably step in and say something yeah. at this point and not be a bystander. But um, I just know what's going through that tennis player's mind. He's like, "Get me out of here! I would rather lose this match again than do this conversation." <laughs> All right. So those are some of the worst. What's been the best that you've had over the years? I, I think the best that I've been a part of of the are when I look into somebody's eyes, win or lose, and I just see the passion. I see them saying, you know, I, you know, whether it's supporting me as a Jew, a New Yorker, as a person, I see the passion where they say, Noah, you know, I've been following you for a long time. It's been an honor to watch you play because those are the ones, because we've been beating, beaten down our whole lives for somebody to say that, you know, one of, you know, something that they've always wanted. They just want to watch you play tennis. I'm like, wait, me, wait, why would you ever (laughs) want that? I wouldn't work, you know, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, but, you know, at the same time, I have people coming up saying, you know, that was a great win on Shabbat. Like, you know, you're doing something, mm-hmm. you know, for, for Jews that you don't even know. And I, and I don't, and, and, you know, just being a New Yorker and, but just somebody saying, and, I, and I've seen it for other players as well, when they say, you know, you know, you're just a great entertainer. I just love watching you out there competing and you're, and you're doing something that not a lot of people and do and you see something in their eyes that just it's just true affection and and love for you in the sport and yeah. those are the ones that stick with me um let's let's talk about me for a second yes so um before i went into this whole tennis realm noah um <laughs> back in back in champaign illinois i was kind of a big deal uh, I was on a morning. You had many leather-bound I did. books. I interviewed Ron uh, Ron Burgundy, also known as Will Ferrell. Worst interview of my life. Um, so I, I was a big deal because I was a news guy on uh, one of the two top morning shows in Champaign. On top of it, I was the public address announcer for Illinois basketball, which for some reason in that in that community had had some sort of level of import. Um, so I felt like a big deal. I would be able to go into bars and be recognized and, and maybe get a free drink here or there. Or and, you know, I say, hey, you want, you want some extra fries with your sandwich? Yes, I do. I want to take <laughs> advantage of that. I'll um, take all your fries. Uh, I, I, it, it, so it, I have kind of gotten to a point where I'm used to it. Um, and I still, as much as I'm expected to always be talking because that's part of my job, I'm in communications, etc., it is still shocking to me how much, how uncomfortable I am in those interactions. And you, we could talk like for hours um, with my therapist about how this has all manifested itself with, with depression and self-confidence issues. And self-esteem, I was going to say. self-esteem. Yes. But God, man, like 
uh, even t- uh, like Tiburon, people would come up and say nice things, and uh, people would I come saw up. People a Little Rock. The guy yes. took a picture. I mean, uh, Charlie Pizza. I remember him uh, in in Little Rock, Arkansas. That was one of the coolest interactions. He's, I think, a sophomore or a junior down in um, in South Carolina, and he's going to become. You know, he wants to become a, a tennis professional. He's playing in a juniors event there. I, I'm still so immensely uncomfortable with those interactions. And I like, I think it's this societal thing, you know, we can talk about it being, you know, tennis players and all that. We're losing those basic human interactions and that ability to do it. We are. And, you know, I've, I've gotten that, you know, sometimes I come off cocky or arrogant and I get that, but even myself in some of those certain situations, I'm just shocked. It's just a matter of being shocked. And yes, and and I'm like, wait, are you sure? Are you talking to the right person? You're at the right venue. Right. I've seen them come up to you as well. And in my head, when I see it to somebody else, I'm like, thank God. Like, I mean, this guy's working his ass off. He actually has a tremendous impact on the sport. And of course, my friends are tremendous fans of yours. But you know, strangers nonetheless to come up to you. I sh- we shouldn't be as surprised as we are. Right. And that's where I hope I don't come off as too awkward. I almost don't know. I don't know how to accept a compliment, you know? Yeah, I don't You know, either. you get that all the time. It's like, no, I just, you know, if it's, I- I'm just so happy to watch you play because you're an incredible tennis player. Yeah, I-, I know I'm good at tennis and my ranking, you know, says that I'm one of the top 200 players in the world, but we're not told that yeah (laughs) we're just not told like good job and i know you don't step on the court but you're in the same realm you are never very rarely told good job by outsiders i mean so for us and for somebody that may be missing social cues to begin with they must get in a situation sometimes and be like okay uh Thanks. Yeah. And just walk away and not have any idea. So I think we really have to change the culture in that aspect. And again, because we do have some truly passionate fans and we are making an impact, whether we like to admit it or not and, and, and actually pat ourselves in the back. I mean, you know, with you on the mic, giving people an insight to actually what's happening on the court, because most people have no idea what's happening and us players that are entertaining, um, you know, we're we're doing a service in our small field, and to get that recognition and to get that acknowledgement, yeah, we're we're shocked at times, and I like seeing it from a distance when somebody comes up to you and you turn this like smile on and you try to be like really chill about it, but at the same time you're like, holy shit, I can't fuck this up because he's never gonna come back to me. No, that's but, exactly right. Because I think I think you feel the same way. Um, you want to make sure that people have a, a good opinion of you. It, it's just, that's who most of us are that p- we just want to make sure people have a good opinion of you. So we feel this need to, you know, put on a show for in the, that small interaction um, as opposed to sometimes just being human. And, you know, there's, there's always a time and place just to put on a smile and do that. But I think, you know, we, we are tremendously, I mean, that's why I kind of started behind the rock. We're tremendously missing that human aspect, yep. which the smile can go a long way, but interacting with a hu- with another human and relating to them on a deeper level that you can't beat that. And I think that's what is lost. So, you know, you know, I'm going to try to do better from now on, but I think all players should. And I think ATP and WCA should incorporate into their culture and system that you give, you know, losers and winners the opportunity to speak and and for them to say you know what 
yeah, this is pretty shitty. I'm going to have to go a week of practice, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be a great week, but I'm going to do what I have to do. I put it all out there. I regret nothing. And, you know, to tell them what's up and then fans would be like, I get that. Like, I respect this person. I mean, why do you think people respected Medvedev, even though he was an asshole for the first half of the US Open? It's because he was humanized. Yep. You know, he was he was a human after that. People were like, this is a person that I would like, go out to dinner with once and it would be a lot of fun. And, and I think that's a lot of it. I mean, in all aspects, whether it's mental health or whether it's just, you know, furthering tennis and the relationships within it, that's the stuff we're missing right now. And, and but that's honestly, this is one of the few things that I say that could start from the tennis players. Yes, maybe the culture makes it tough, but I think you and I can do a better job. Yes. I think we could do a you know, with the interpersonal connections and relationships and going out there and talking and truly, you know, just going up to the average Joe that's at the tennis match and saying thank you and, and why are you out here? How'd you get out here today? And just connecting. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to come to the Little Rock Open again and I'm going to bring actually another family. They didn't know if they wanted to go, but this is a great place to be and, and we should definitely come back. So I, I think yeah. this is one of the things that tennis players can step up um, to the play with. Well, uh, as we mentioned, neither of us are in Fairfield this week. Um, I'm actually going to try to watch some. On Solano's going to miss us. Solano to Community College. I actually don't know who's doing commentary. Um, don't tweet at me, though. Um, Is it Mackie by any chance? <laughs> you know, it might be. That's, that's almost be. home for him. <laughs> that um, is. But yeah, so um, here, here's the thing. With what we're talking about here, we should also mention, um, you know, get in contact with us at Mycation. Uh, at, at Mike C. Tennis. Hi. I know what my own social media is. <laughs> at Mike C. Tennis, at Noah Rubin 33. Um, I, I should point out, you, you're going to be mentioning your um, your website. I, I've actually mm -hmm. just worked this week on mine again, uh, just kind of revamped it. You can go to MikeCTennis.com or MikeCation.com, same site. Uh, I, I even have an email on there now, so you can e email me. Look at you. Mike at MikeCTennis.com. Like so close, I'm so close so to it. Close. Um, but you you did launch um, behindtheracket.com. Explain to everybody what it is, um, and also it appears appears you do have some of your limited edition gear available. I do. So yeah, the, the merchandise is a lot of fun. It is half sold out now, so definitely get on top of it. It's only been a few days, um, and you, if you are domestic, we are refunding you ten dollars on your shipping. The twenty five dollars was a little expensive. We're sorry for that, but. You know, the social media, it's great. Instagram is a place where you can get it all out there, Facebook, Twitter. I wanted a landing page for everything because I didn't want to tell people like our podcasts are here and this this is a place for everything. You can find the stories. You can find about Behind the Rack. You could find our podcast and to really know about you and I. And it's a landing page where you can really go in depth if Behind the Racket there's a little bit of mic because nobody wants too much. No. And, no. And, you know, it's just, it, it, I just simply tell people behindtheracket.com. You can find everything there. Um, and it's really exciting. Honestly, it turned out great. I had a lot of people working on it. So thank you for that. You know who you are. But um, I'm excited with everything that's taking place. I think things are moving faster than I expected. There's a lot of upcoming things that we're working on in the mental health field as well. Um, but this is the place to go behind the racket.com. Um, that's where you could find all of us and, you know, subscribe to uh, our podcast. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcast. Cause you know, it might as well. Yeah. Like, come on. You want to hear our voices. What else are you going to do with your life? Yeah. It's, it's not much. <laughs>
<laughs> so for Noah Rubin, I am Mike Cation, and that has been another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Rubin, powered by Behind the Racket.